new faces. We're excited you're here. I'm Pastor Garrett, and we want to thank you for worshiping with us here at Gathering Place Church. This morning, we're going to be starting a new series, and we're going to take the next four to five weeks, and God's just been really speaking to me through the book of Jonah. And as we're going through the book of Jonah, uh, as we speak over in GPC Kids, they're going to be going through the book of Jonah as well. Now, they're going to have probably a lot more fun than we are because Jonah is, uh, is a tall tale and can almost be seen as a fairy tale because of what you see with uh, uh, Jonah being swallowed in the belly of the well and uh, just everything that kind of goes, uh, the hyperbole that's in the book of Jonah. So you can have a lot of fun with it. But not only is it a great kid's story, I remember learning about it in kids ministry when I was there, but there's, I believe, very practical application for your and I's life. There's great application, uh, I believe, for the beginning, starting a new beginning. Um, and I just want to really pull some truth out to us this morning as we really set the tone for 2020 as a church. Uh, throughout the rest of January and through this series, uh, in the next few weeks, I'm going to be sharing some initiatives that we're going to be uh, moving toward uh, as a church, uh, giving updates on our, our expansion and the building as well. But you're in a good place. You're in a healthy house this morning. And are you ready to receive the Word of God? Are you ready to uh, just have an intake of truth? I, pr I pray you are. And we're going to let Jonah's story minister to us this morning. Well, if you open your Bibles, we're going to go through Jonah chapter 1 this morning. It'll be on the screen behind me as well. But I want to just start off in verse 1 and, and really take us through a few verses. Then I want to give us uh, the story. And as I, I was just taking it verse by verse, praying through it, uh, I want to start right here in, in Jonah 1, verse 1. It says, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. And what I love about Jonah 1, 1 is the reason it starts off saying the word of the Lord came to Jonah. And to give you some context, Jonah is a prophet. Now, Jonah is, would be known as a minor prophet. And the purpose and the role of a prophet was always to decree, to proclaim the word of the Lord. So this would be nothing out of the ordinary that a word was about to come to Jonah. And what I love about Jonah, too, is Jonah's very name means dove. His name means dove. And when you think about birds or you think about doves, what do birds do when a storm begins to come? When they sense that low pressure in the atmosphere? Well, what we know they do is they begin to fly away before the storm uh, comes into being. And if you know the story of Jonah... Uh, Jonah's name uh, as well of how he would be referred to as you study out the book of Jonah is he would be known as the reluctant prophet. So a lot of who he was and who he really is and what his story speaks to us is that he was reluctant, reluctant that he pushed off what the word of the Lord was. And we learn through his reluctance, we learn through his story. And even in his name, being a dove flying away, we see kind of what the character and personality of Jonah is. Now, what's pretty neat about this, too, is it says he was the son of Amittai. And uh, his father here, Amittai, his name means faithful. So you see a paradox here of Jonah being one who wants to run, where his father uh, being faithful. What you're going to see as we get in the book of Jonah as well, is you're going to see a lot about Jonah. But even the bigger story and the bigger picture that's taking place is you're going to see a lot about a good God, a God who says you have a second chance, a God of grace, a God of mercy, a God of reckless love. And so I want you to be encouraged through this, that wherever you find yourself, 
whatever you did not accomplish in 2019, wherever you fell short, whatever mistakes you've made, that God says, as you surrender to me, as you come to me, I want to give you a second chance. And maybe you're here this morning saying to you, well, Pastor Garrett, that's great for a second chance, but what about a third? What about a fourth? What about a fifth? Well, you know, you serve a God of grace and you serve a God who says, and when you come to me, I will make you clean. I will make you new. And I will tell you your past is behind you. It's time to move forward. And so we see this story of redemption in Jonah's life. We see this story of restoration. But to really see the beauty of the gospel in his life, we have to see really what he began to do. And this is what I want to get in your spirit this morning. If you're going to have a 2020 vision in your life this year, Kenny, if you would put this up. You have to look and you have to answer this question. Is what are you running away from that you should be running to? What are you running away from that you should be running to in 2020? Now, I can think about my life and just how life in general. And what we see in the book of Jonah is that when a difficult situation comes or you're faced with a storm, your flesh will tell you, run in the opposite direction, get to safety, get to comfort. And we have to answer this question, if I can just be really practical today, is I love talking about losing weight. I love talking about getting goals, all the things we do going into a new year. But if we don't confront some things in our life, those things are great, but you're just dealing with the surface. And what were we just declaring before we got the word came to go deeper? So if you want to go deeper, you have to face the things that deep down you want to run from and that's how you're going to find freedom is you have to face it you have to define it you have to deal with it what's amazing about the book of jonah is really there's a jonah in all of us that needs to be confronted there's a rebellious part in all of us can we all say amen to that we have a rebellious side to us and so in the book of jonah when we see how jonah responds when we see how he processes, you can really see yourself in the life of Jonah and see how God comes into partnership and how he moves and deals and does with us. Look what Jonah 1-2 says as we move forward in the story. So the word of the Lord came to him and Jonah 1-2, this was what the word was. It said, arise and go to Nineveh, that great city. And here was the mission, cry out against it for their wickedness has come up before me. Now when you see that when this word came to Jonah, if you know anything about Nineveh, Nineveh could be compared to Sodom and Gomorrah. Nineveh, Nineveh in Nahum chapter 3, the prophet Nahum would call uh, Nineveh a city of blood. That Nineveh was uh, the, the capital city of Assyria. And modern day Assyria is Iraq. So you can see... Jonah, hearing this word and knowing why he was reluctant, knowing why he wanted to run in the opposite direction. I think Jonah, a lot of the time, gets a bad rap saying, uh, it's easy to look back and say, Jonah, how ignorant, how foolish. God told you to do something, you didn't do it. But when you really get the context, if you were told to go into modern day Iraq and preach against their wickedness, I would probably want to run in the opposite direction too. And so we see that this is the context of what Jonah was having to go and if you even study how barbaric Nineveh was or how barbaric Assyria was one of the things that um, the Assyrian soldiers would do 
is when they would go into a city to plunder it or to conquer it, they would go into the, the leadership of that city, they would pull the men out, they would cut their heads, and then they would take the heads and put them at the gate of a city and build a pyramid to declare to everyone that Assyria has been here. They would also do torture tactics of burying you in the sand and keeping just enough of your nostrils in the air so that you would have a slow death of dying slowly. So when you see, again, the context of it's easy to get on Jonah and say, Jonah, why did you run? I can tell you these were the thoughts of that. If he were to go into Nineveh, what was going through his mind is, I'm probably going to die. This is what my story is. Another thing I want you to get in your spirit this morning as we look at the book of Jonah is this, is that God doesn't always tell you to do things that you like. Has anybody ever been there before? Has God ever told you something that you didn't want to do or that you didn't like? And so when we're looking at this and we're asking the question, what am I running from that I should be running to? And I look at the book of Jonah and a word of the Lord came to Jonah. It wasn't it something that he liked. And something in my spirit, even when I was coming to church this morning and thinking through this story, is there might be some of you here this morning that are waiting to get a word from God that you actually like that you want to hear. Well, I want to tell you this morning, keep waiting, because usually God doesn't operate like that. There's times he does, but there's also times I think we can really miss the big picture if we don't take hold of when God speaks, but it rubs our flesh or it's, it's sending us in a direction we didn't think our life was going to go. So we dismiss it, and then we just find ourselves kind of in a perpetual cycle and never really getting to the core issue or getting to what God had spoken. So God doesn't always tell you things that you like. One thing I do know about this is that we're all products of grace. Can anyone say amen to that? And when we see God's work of grace in our lives, is I'm a firm believer that by the time we die and we go to heaven, that God wants to exhaust his grace on our lives. He wants to, to take us and so change us. I always like to say it this way. When I look back at my life, I might not be where I want to be, but thank God I'm not where I used to be. And that's simply because of the grace of God. As we close a decade out, and uh, it, recently I ran into someone I hadn't seen in years, and this thought came to me is, I'm sure the Garrett they knew years ago and the Garrett they see now is completely different. And really that's how it should be, that God's grace continually should be exhausted upon our life. Because when we mess up, it's not that we run from God, but we run to him and his grace changes us, it empowers us, it heals us, it delivers us, and it sets us free. You know, a, a, another analogy of this, and really as Christians, you have to look at the difference between wanting to do God's will and being willing to do God's will. And I think as Christians, we always look for the want, but we don't, when that word comes, we don't want to be willing. And, you know, a good analogy of this, say, Coach Sings, you, you put me on your squad, you put me on your team, all six foot, 180 pounds, Garrett here, I'm going to be your running back, okay? I know I'd be your first pick, all right? Um, and just this picture, say he pulls the guys together, he says, all right, this is the play, this is what we're going to do. And my role in this play is to get tackled. Now, Coach tells me this, I, I say, all right, Coach, come here, I, I'm not feeling this, I don't feel... I don't want to be the guy getting tackled in the play. So I'm going to sit, sit the bench. You guys deal with this. You take care of it. So I could tell you he would look at me and say, yeah, right, get in the game. Do what I told you to do. 
And see, I think what we find ourselves as believers, and what the picture I want you to see, just as this came to my mind, is the Patriots lost last night, um, was this. There we go. That'll get people going. It was this. It's, it's this simple picture here. It's that many times we just see the outcome for ourselves. We see, okay, I'm being tackled. But where God's trying to say, get the bigger picture that maybe by you being tackled, your team's going to score a touchdown. Stop being so selfish looking at the outcome of your calling and understand that God's purpose, God's calling on your life isn't for your glory, it's for his glory. And it might require you getting tackled so that the team can get the touchdown. When you think about want versus willing as well, it's all throughout the Bible. And I just went through of where do you see pictures in the Bible where did they really want to or were they willing? Let's think about David for an example. David was 13 years old and he was given the task to go slay Goliath. Now David, 13 years old, three armpit hairs and a slingshot. Do you really think he wanted to go slay Goliath? No, what he wanted, he didn't want to do that, but I can tell you he was willing. We also see... Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Do you really think they wanted to get in the fiery furnace? I can tell you they didn't want to, but they were willing to. How about Daniel? Do you think he wanted to go into the lion's den? I can tell you he didn't want to, but he was willing to because of his walk with God. How about Abraham? He waited a hundred years for his promised son, Isaac. Do you think he wanted to take him up the mountain and sacrifice his son? I can tell you he didn't want to, but he was willing to. Let's go to Jesus. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, he prayed, if there's a way for this cup to pass, if the crucifixion can pass, if there's a way, but ultimately not my will, but your will be done. Jesus didn't want to, but he was willing to. And so again, we have to see and we have to understand, Scripture says all throughout is that the flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. And so when God calls you, your flesh a lot of the time isn't going to be awesome. Let's do this. Let's jump into it. But your spirit, something's going to trigger in there where you might not understand it all. You might feel like you're walking out on the water, but there's this trust and there's this surrender that begins to come up out of your spirit as you trust God and you do what you feel he's calling you to do. So back to the story of Jonah here, we see that this word came. We see that uh, it was a a tough word and here was his response to it. Jonah 1.3 says, But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying that fare, he went aboard and he sailed to Tarshish to flee from the Lord. So in plain sight, we hear that Jonah was not going to go to Nineveh. But he premeditated and he got a plan of how he could get away. Now, I want you to know, and I think we all know this, but it needs to be a good reminder, is you can run from God, but you can't hide. We're going to see this story played out in Jonah. And so we see, and, and I was doing some study on this, and it's amazing because Nineveh, for the prophet Jonah was in Jerusalem, where all religious activity took place, Nineveh would have been about 500 miles uh, from where Jonah would have to go from Jerusalem. Now, you see he went to Joppa, which was 30 miles from Jerusalem, And then on Joppa, got on a boat and decided that he wanted to go to Tarshish. Now, Tarshish from Jerusalem, where he was, was 2,500 miles. 
and I was just looking at the different distances and things, and I began to think, how much more do we exhaust ourselves running from God than just obeying God? Nineveh would have been a several day journey where Tarshish, we see the story, he had to get on a boat, he had to go by foot. He exhausted himself running from God. And we need to know this morning, it needs to be a reminder as we're asking for clear vision in 2020, is what are we doing? Are we exhausting ourselves running from something that God has told us to do? Again, what are we running from that we should be running to? And so we see this played out in Jonah's life. Can if you put this on the screen, and here's what we need to know about pursuing the will of God is through, uh, through Jonah, is there will always be a boat headed in the wrong direction. There's always going to be a boat headed in the wrong direction. So Jonah, Jonah uh, wanted, he didn't want the will of God. And I think you've seen this in your life too. When you start getting serious about the things of God, for example, say you want to give up cigarettes. Say that's a, a, a New Year's resolution. You felt the spirit of God in the service today. Well, when you leave, you're conveniently going to see at a gas station there is a sale on cigarettes. And it's going to want to bring you in to get the good deal. How about when maybe you made it, you're in a, in a Daniel fast or you're not eating sweets and sugars and you came to church this morning and there was free donuts in the lobby this morning. I'm telling you, there is always a boat headed in the wrong direction. That's how the enemy works. That's what he does. And look, look at this point here. Your spiritual enemy knows this because if he can get you off mission, he knows God's grace is, is sufficient. Where God wants to get you on mission to say, if you can get in the going in the right direction, you will see that my grace is enough for you. You will see my grace is sufficient for you. But you need to know that as you're following the will of God, there's only one way, and that's the Jesus way. But in sin and how our spiritual enemy Satan operates, is he will always make so many other ways to get you on the wrong boat. Because he knows if he can get you on the wrong boat, he can exhaust you, he can tire you and he can make you ineffective. I'm telling you, if you look, think about how much different the story would have been if, if Jonah would have simply obeyed God. And we're gonna get into this and we're gonna see everything he went through because of his disobedience toward God. But we're gonna see the redemption of it as well. I love this. God is waiting on your obedience. Maybe you just keep running in the wrong direction. I'm telling you, as you go from 2019 to 2020, as you have goals, dreams, ambitions, things that you want to put your hand to this year, is if you can face some tough things in your life, if you can face some tough things, as I said, the word of God, not only is it uh, binoculars where we judge other things and situations, but it has to be a mirror that we look at ourselves in. If you will do that going into 2020, you will begin to see, maybe I'm on the wrong boat going in the wrong direction. Therefore, I'm in this perpetual cycle of nothing being changed and transformed in my life. And so there's three things I want to give you this morning. Three things I think about my life. I think about really just truth that we see in God's word. Three things that will keep us from getting on the wrong boat. And I'm going to go through these quick. They're very simple, but I want them to be a good reminder this morning. Number one is this is we have to have intimacy with God. Intimacy, intimacy with God. Intimacy is, is this, it's enemy you see. That if you're not developing that close walk, that close um, uh, relationship with God, then honestly, you're never gonna get direction from heaven. You're never gonna hear the word of God come to you in the first place because you're not walking with him. You're not spending time with him. 
you know, one thing as well is if you find yourself on the wrong boat or you find yourself in a place of not hearing from heaven, you always have to question and examine yourself as where is that intimacy? Where is that closeness in my life? Because so much, I believe, of the issues we have, if we're making that priority, things will work themselves out because the flow of heaven is happening in your life. You're renewing your mind. You're renewing your spirit. Number two is this. We have intimacy with God. Then we have Bible application. Somebody say amen. The blessing isn't in the knowing. The blessing is always in the doing. This morning, you're going to get, you're going to learn more about Jonah. You're going to learn more of getting in the wrong boat or getting in the right boat. It's great to know something. It's great to listen to podcasts during the week. It's great to worship during the week. But until you actually start applying it, that's the place you'll see transformation and change. That we have to take Bible application serious in our life. We actually have to take the word of God and do it. It's good to hear it, but the blessing is always in the doing of it. And number three is this, and this is a place we're going to see Jonah really struggled with in his story, is community with believers, making the house of God a priority. This year, we're going to have several initiatives where we're really going to encourage um, the men to get in our men's Bible study and women to get in our women's Bible study that you make a, a point of contact with somebody here at this church that you're, you're getting in community with other believers that you're walking through life with someone who's going to encourage you who's going to speak truth to you and here's what we see with Jonah as we see his story is that when you read on you'll see that when he went down to Joppa I think it's verse 4 Kenny you'll see that he went and got a ship crew. He went and got some other sailors. And that was who he got around him when he was in a, a, an awful place in his life where he was running from God. And so you always see that kind of the pattern, the journey in the word of God is that when you're wanting to run from God, you never go to the right people to get the right things. So he went to, to a ship crew to get them on board to say, hey, this is, I want to get out of here. Can you get me out of here? He didn't go to his pastor. He didn't go to another prophet. He didn't go to his family or his friends. He went and got a ship crew and neglected the people that probably could have helped him and said, Jonah, what are you doing? I'll, I'll go with you to Nineveh. Let's do this together. But we see that he got a ship crew around him in order to get away from the things of God. And so I want to read on in the story here. And I want you to see what takes place and. It's several passages of scripture, but this really tells the rest of the story and is really going to set us up uh, for next week. Verse four, it says this. It says, and the Lord sent a great wind on the sea. What I want you to see here is God was the one who sent this storm when Jonah was on the boat. It wasn't Satan. It wasn't just natural events. That This was a specific storm that God sent. So the Lord sent a great wind on the sea and such a violent storm arose that that the ship threatened to break up. It said all the sailors were afraid and each cried out to his own God. So they're saying, let's see whose God has the power to stop this storm. So right here we see that these were pagan sailors. These weren't believers. These weren't people who walked and served Jehovah or Yahweh. It says, and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. This tells us here too that it must be some kind of storm to throw all your prophets overboard to stop what was happening that there was um, a, 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 really a context to this storm here. Here's what it said. As all this was going on, but reluctant fly away from the storm, Jonah had gone below deck 
where he laid down and he fell into a deep sleep. I want to say this right here as well, is what are you sleeping on in your life that God wants to wake up? What part of your destiny are you sleeping on? Are you sleeping on compromise? Are you sleeping on laziness? Are you sleeping on unforgiveness when you know you should be forgiving? And so we see as the storm is trying to get Jonah's attention, he's so checked out that he wanted to go down into the steer and it says he was in a deep sleep. Verse six, it says, the captain went down to him and said, how can you be asleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us and we will not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, come now let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. It says they cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, tell us who is responsible for making all this trouble for us. What do you do? So they start asking us questions. Who the heck are you? What do you do? Who have we led on our boat? Where did you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? And here's where we see Jonah answered and he did the right thing. Something kicked in here. And this was kind of a moment of repentance where he kind of saw it all come together. So he, he has this moment of reminding himself who he is in the Lord. He says, so he answered, I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. Verse 10, it says that this terrified them and they ask, what have you done? What have you done? And it says they knew he was running away from the Lord. And again, this is where you see kind of the ignorance of Jonah. So he gets, he tells the ship crew, because right here you'll see, it says they already knew this, that he was running from the Lord. So they probably shouldn't have helped him in the first place, that he was running from God. Next verse. Verse 11 says, the sea was getting rougher and rougher. And so they asked him, what should we do to you to make the sea calm down for us. Here's where we see Jonah say, and it's really, this is the, a really cool part of the story. We really don't see this anywhere else. He says, pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that it's my fault, that this great storm has come upon you. But look, we even see these pagan sailors try to show grace to Jonah here. They're like, yeah, if we throw you, not the best idea, Jonah, because if we throw you over in the storm, you're probably gonna die. So they're like, how about this, Jonah? How about instead, we will do our best to row you to dry land? So that's what these sailors tried to do. But they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. Then they cried out to the Lord. They said, oh Lord, please do not let us die for taking this man's life. Commentary will actually tell us that because of Jonah, in this moment that these pagan sailors actually came to faith in God. And so here's where you see these pagan sailors saying, don't let his blood be on our hands. It says they cried out to the Lord, O Lord, please do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man. For you, O Lord, have done as you have pleased. It says, then they took Jonah and they threw him overboard and the raging sea began to calm. As the men, as this at this, the men greatly feared the Lord. Here's where we see their salvation come. It says, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. But the Lord provided a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was inside the fish three days and three nights. I want to tell you this this morning, and as you go into 2020, if you want clear vision, that God 
has a way of sending storms into our life to wake us up. He has a way of sending storms in our life to wake us up. Can anyone testify to that this morning? There's times we want to blame the enemy. There's times we even want to blame our own ignorance. But we have to discern, and it's a part of how God works, that there's times out of his grace and mercy, he sends a storm to not just wake us up physically, but with Jonah, it woke him up spiritually. I'm telling you, storms have a way of just waking us up, of getting us to evaluate and to examine. And so this storm woke up Jonah spiritually as well as it did physically because it said he was sleeping down under the boat. Again, as you go into 2020, as we go into 2020 as a church, whatever you're sleeping on as Jonah was, I want to encourage you and challenge you to allow the Spirit of God to wake some things up in your life. Maybe you've stopped doing what you, you know you need to do in 19. And maybe in 2020, it's time to pick it back up again. In the context of a church, maybe you haven't been tithing and it's time to tithe again. Maybe there's been a time in your life where you walked in unforgiveness and you need to go back to a situation and say, I need to forgive. The Bible says I need to forgive 70 times seven. Maybe it's a poor relationship you entered back into, maybe a dating relationship, whatever it may be. And you know in your heart of hearts that you're running from something, but that thing is comfortable, so I keep running back to that thing. I'm telling you, we have to run in the right direction where Jonah was running, running in the wrong direction. So whatever you're sleeping on, I pray that you ask the Spirit of God this morning to begin to wake you up, to begin to wake up those things so that you can move forward. Jonah 1.9, if you caught it, it said that he had to remind himself who he was in the Lord. So we even see Jonah that he came to his senses. He, I think he came to a moment and said, what in the world am I doing? How did I get to this place? Why did I run from God? And so we had that moment of faith in that declaration. He said, I am a Hebrew. What am I doing? I serve the God who made the sea and the God who made the land. And so he began to remind uh, who, himself who he was in the Lord. At the same time too, you saw in Jonah 1.12, that Jonah took responsibility for what he had done. He took responsibility for his running. Now, I think we, we go through so many things where we try to blame every situation. We try to blame God. We even try to blame the devil. But we see that Jonah said, this storm is my fault. I've brought this upon us. And I'm telling you, if you can get real with yourself and real with God and say, where I'm at in my life, it's probably my fault. It's probably an ignorant decision I've made. It's probably a decision that I need to go back to and make right. And so we see that Jonah is getting real with himself. He's getting real with God. And see, what we see in, in the book of Jonah here as well is we see a picture of the gospel. We see a picture of the gospel in the place of where Jonah cried out to God. And that's a part of the gospel where we say, Jesus, I want you in my life. And so this was a picture. You're going to see a type of Christ here. And we're going to cover that, that Jonah was the true and better Christ, or Jesus was the true and better Jonah. We're going to see a lot of, a lot of neat parallels in this. But we're going to, what you see here is Jonah's confession of repentance. But then as we know, a confession of repentance is just the beginning. Because we say, I want Jesus in my life, but then what happens? Then we have to say, now I'm going to die to myself. So when you see Jonah saying, throw me over, it's saying that I'm willing to die to myself now. I want Christ, he confessed him, 
But then he's saying, now I'm willing to deny my flesh. I'm willing to deny my wants, my desires. And then we're going to see that the belly of the well, and next week I want to encourage you to be here because we're going to talk about prayers from the fish. We're going to see in Jonah 2 what he began to pray and how the situation began to change. And that you need to know you have power in prayer. That prayer is going to be your greatest weapon as you go into 2020 this year. But we see that God provided a place and, and the belly of the well will be considered a place of discipline, but a place of discipleship in Jonah's life. And so when you say, I want Christ, I, I repent, I confess, then God has a way out of, his grace, out of his grace to put you in a place to discipline you in love, but then disciple, disciple you so that you don't fall back into a pattern of running from God. That Jonah, I'm sure, and we're going to see in, in chapter 3, that he still struggled going to Nineveh to preach and had went through this whole thing. But we're going to see God's grace and his redemption upon his life. As we close, I want to invite the worship team where we're going to take a moment just to worship and to, to declare uh, our trust in God this morning. But I was thinking, anybody love math in uh, middle school, high school? Math was your subject. Show of hands real quick. Okay, well, thank you because none of us else liked it. So that's, this is probably just for you. But I was thinking one of the worst uh, uh, problems in math I despise was long division. And um, before smartphones where you could literally get all the work shown out and some of you would actually cheat doing that. I can't believe it. I would never do that. But the teacher was never cool with you just showing your answer. You couldn't just put your answer. You couldn't just Google what is the, you know, the answer to this. What did you have to do? You had to show your work. And when you show your work, it's an indicator to the teacher that you understood how you came to the problem, that you actually got the problem. And in this life of faith, in this life, and what we see in salvation and with Jonah is that God is a God of process. God is a God of not seconds, but seasons. And he puts us in a place where we get it, he sees that we get it, and then we can walk in clarity, we can walk in freedom, and we can walk in saying, I get it, I understood it. I got what God was trying to get to me. And so we see this played out in Jonah's life. I want to encourage you this morning, we're going to take a moment just to stand and worship, is that as Jonah's name means dove, you and I, because of the Holy Spirit, we know that a dove has a different representation of just flying away. That the dove represents the Holy Spirit. And in the Word of God, we see that the Holy Spirit would come upon men and women and it said it would fill them with power. It would fill them with boldness. It would fill them with confidence to really do what God has called them to do. And you need to know the secret ingredient to your life of having boldness, of walking into 2020 with success, of seeing things change and transform in your life, is knowing that the Holy Spirit wants to empower you, wants to embolden you, wants to give you everything that you need. A prayer I pray every day is I say, Holy Spirit, make up within, it, within me anything that is lacking. Anything that's lacking within me, I need you to make it up because I can't make it through the day. I can't speak on your behalf unless you are filling me, motivating me, and flowing through me. And so I want you to be encouraged this morning that as you see, Jonah is a dove and, and yes, he flew away, but we have a greater revelation and a greater understanding of the Holy Spirit that he wants to fill us and he wants to empower us this morning. If you would stand to your feet, I want to pray for you. We're going to take a moment just to declare this truth.
you bow your head. Father, we thank you that we want to be running in the right direction in 2020. Father, we thank you that there's times that when you speak to us, maybe it's something we don't want to hear. But Father, we know the difference between wanting to and being willing. God, there might be things in our life that we don't want to do. But right now in the presence of God, we declare that we are willing to do it. We're willing to step out of the boat. We're willing to trust you. We're willing to surrender to you. Father, we thank you that the whole story of Jonah we're going to see play out as a picture of Jonah being engulfed by grace. God, we ask this morning that you would engulf us with your grace, which is your empowerment, which is your mercy. God, we ask that maybe the storms in our life, maybe we've caused it, maybe you've sent it, but however it got here, let, us, let it just wake us up to what you're doing. Let us lean into what you're doing. And as Jonah said in his posture of surrender, throw me over. It'll, it'll stop the storm. God, we know that there are aspects of Jonah in our life that we need to throw overboard in 2020. So God, as we worship you in this moment, I pray that we recognize what needs to be thrown overboard, what doesn't need to be in our temple. The Bible says that our, our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We ask that you clean anything out this morning. But as you clean us out, we thank you that you'll provide a place to teach us, to disciple us, to encourage us. We see this in the belly of the well of what Jonah will pray in Jonah chapter two. So Father, as we declare this this morning, as we call upon your name, as we step out, God, we believe that this is gonna be a year of confidence where we trust you, where we see your hand move on our behalf as we walk in the right direction in Jesus' name.